Untitled Beatles podcast. Oh, boy. Hey, TJ. Hi, Tony. How are you? I know your name. Look up your number. <laughs> what do you think? Are you still, are you listed in a phone book somewhere? Yeah, I, I've got a garage full of phone books. I do this weird thing that I can't tell my wife about where I collect old <laughs> things, think about burning them. Uh, I, 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 I never liked phone books. I always used to get phone book finger. Whoa. <laughs> is that like tennis elbow? What is phone book finger, man? It's a little like is that like cheese washer's lung? <laughs> it's, it's, it's like when you it's not just phone book finger, it's like newspaper finger. Newspaper fingers you know, like when you touch something that's like an old piece of paper and get ink on it and then you get your oil on the page. Oh boy. Yeah. These are like collector issues, like collector ailments. Yeah, this is what happens. Do you think people are buying old phone books on eBay? Like, because that's <laughs> like, the phone book's a dollar, but it's fourteen ninety nine to ship it. Yeah, those things are crazy and clearly, clearly outdated. You know, when I was a kid, I used to collect TV guides. <gasps> Me too, buddy. Of course we did. This is let's, we, Tony and I every every single week. <laughs> we just keep kind of falling in love over and over again. <laughs> I totally yeah. did. I had years worth. I did too. Yeah. I'm, the first one I had had Burt Lancaster on the cover. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. This is a longer conversation and another episode. So I sold mine on eBay in what, like early eBay, like 99, uh, 2000. And I kept, I kept the important ones. I have a lot of the Beatles issues. Oh, nice. Um, like around anthology. No, not anthology. Around Beatles uh, 1. They had like four separate TV guide covers with each of the Beatles. Um, oh, that's funny, man. <laughs> but yeah, we okay. This is another episode. We'll do the Beatles and TV, and we'll just talk TV guides. That's because <laughs> it was so fun going to a different city and seeing the different channels. Because in Chicago, it was two, five, seven, nine, eleven, thirty-two, sixty, sixty-six. But then you get to like, oh, when I'd go to camp and parents' weekend, we get the Milwaukee edition. And like, right, and you're oh, like channel four or whatever it was. Yeah, up there. They're, they're ABC's channel 12. What kind of fucking utopia is this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Traveling, you'd always be like, where's channel five? Why is channel five, channel six? And you're like, whatever, you know. LA and New York, NBC was four, and in Chicago yeah. was five. And I'm like, are we not important? How come we can't be Channel 4 in Chicago? <laughs> you know, Chicago, we always have our chip on our shoulder a little bit. Why not us? We've got the tallest building. <laughs> in Chicago, you don't put fucking ketchup on pizza. <laughs> <laughs> my pizza, my choice. <laughs> I like your button. And also your Bernie Epton button. The fun, all the shows hate to see, and the facts. What's behind what you see, TV guy? Well, I gave all my TV guides away, TJ, to like Goodwill or something like that. And that brings us to today's topic, the songs that the Beatles gave away. Oh, because much like Lennon McCartney songs, there's one thing the underserved need in our community. It's TV guides. <laughs> Yeah, old ones that don't mean anything. I'm so sorry you're struggling. How about a 1991 uh, Philadelphia edition? Can, can you believe the Eagles game got blacked out that week? 
So uh, you've been talking about this one a while, and I'm so excited to do this one, too. It's from an album called The Songs Lennon and McCartney Gave Away. That's my source for this. And this is one I hadn't listened to in, I mean, if not a a decade longer. Like, I'd heard some of these songs sporadically, but listening straight through, and this is the album we're basing it on. It's not complete, but the album I'm basing it on is The Songs Lennon and McCartney Gave Away, which came out in, I believe, 79. Yeah, and they use a, a drawing of Paul from Revolver. I forget what they did with the John drawing. They sourced that one out from somewhere else. And they're looking angry at each other, and there's no George Harrison songs on here. It's just the songs Lennon and McCartney gave away. So, sorry, yeah. Sour Milk C. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jackie Lomax, yeah. Yeah, in total, you know, there's probably some I don't know about, but I have about 25 songs that they gave away, that would be 24 Lennon McCartney's and one George, the Sour Milk Sea that was mentioned. And it's about 15 artists were involved with all the songs that uh, they gave away during their time as Beatles. So we're not counting songs that Paul gave away to later in his solo career or anything like that. This is just the Beatles, Lennon McCartney, Harrison. And this was there was a kind of a weird, you know, criminal aspect where Billy J. Kramer's work release when he was released in prison for killing those children. He had to cover seven songs. Paul and John gave away. <laughs> like every other song. Oh, good. More Billy J. fucking Kramer. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them went to the Peter and Gordon, who uh, that was Jane Asher's brother. Peter Asher. I learned something I'd forgotten about. Uh, Peter and Gordon, not Chad and Jeremy. (laughs) No, they were not the same people, turns out. Yeah, they weren't like the wrecking crew of uh, (laughs) male vocal duos. (laughs) Just it's like the same two guys. And we're Chad and Jeremy. Trees swaying in the summer breeze. We're Peter and Gordon. I don't care what they say. I won't stay in a world without love. We're <laughs> Jan and Dean, right? <laughs> yeah. There's a crime we've gone on, but not for very long. Because the Batman's gonna teach him right from wrong. They call him Batman. So we thought we would share with you some of our favorite Lennon McCartney songs they gave away and Harrison. And uh, yeah, maybe touch on all of them, but highlight our favorites. Yes, Tony, we'll go over all these songs and highlight our favorite five. And I just want to make a pledge right now to all of our listeners. Sometimes I'm guilty of repeating material. and Sometimes I'm guilty of repeating myself. But I want to let you know today that changes. No more stuff I've done before. Because, Tony, I want to tell you, there ain't no good guy. There's only... <laughs> Every two weeks, <laughs> Dave Mason tune, Dave Mason. which is a great one. Ooh, oh, oh, it ends with this, which I love. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I spotlighted some fives, some honorable mentions. There are a few. I'm, I mocked Billy J. Kramer a little bit here. When we get to the Billy J. Kramer songs, I'll say some of my vitriol for his performance. But I think over, and I'm, I mean in bed. <laughs> yeah, he's no sting, man. <laughs> no, he's, he does. He's no. not. This technique is very well documented. And it's really not. And you'll just have to ask my wife. <laughs> All told, 
Nobody sings these Beatles songs they quote-unquote gave away like the Beatles. There's demo versions of some of these tunes. There's DECA versions of some of these tunes. And I think 10 out of 10 times, there's never been a case where I go, you know, I really like the Billy J. Kramer bad to me over the John demo. No, I think I will take the Beatles version every single time. And there's some standouts here. It doesn't diminish this record and this collection of songs they wrote and didn't officially release. I mean, what about you? I feel like for me, the Beatles voices, the Beatles energy is better than anything that they gave away and was covered. Yeah, I think you're right. The exception would be, I like hearing full band versions of certain songs with the drums and the bass in there versus just like a piano demo, which is its own beautiful thing in, on its own but I love hearing like a full band version of certain, certain songs. That's the reason you've been anti Esher forever. And I, I mean, we, as, as of this recording, the all things must pass box haven't come out, but I remember you saying, God, I hate those Harrison demos. I hate when it's just him doing cosmic empire and mother divine. You know, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to say goodbye. Yeah, whatever Rick Rubin's doing with like Johnny Cash and Neil Diamond and stuff, hate it. Glenn Campbell, you'll notice like most of these people are dead that he works with, you know, so. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. The Rick Rubin curse. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Well, Diamond's still kicking, so we, we should be okay. I'll go up to heaven when I reach the end. But up until then, gonna do what I can. Well, let's start off with one of my favorites, which we erroneously included in our Covers Clambake episode last summer. Uh, This would be the Rolling Stones version of I Want to Be Your Man. I want to be your man. Did we erroneously cover it because the Stone single came out before the Beatles version? Is that why it's erroneous? I'm calling it erroneous now because the Stones version wasn't based on the Beatles version. This is an actual song that Lennon and McCartney gave to the Stones. They're not covering a song they've heard. They're interpreting a song that was demonstrated to them. Does that make sense? Let me just grab one more bong hit and explain it to me again. (laughs) (laughs) The difference is, man, it wasn't. (laughs) Well, here's the story. On September 10th, 1963, John and Paul ended up at this stone session. I believe like they were discovered on the street and they hopped in a cab with the stones and they're like, hey, you got any songs? And so John and Paul go off in the corner and kind of knock out this this song that was intended for Ringo and give it to the Stones, who then record it October 
seventh of nineteen sixty three. So they had about a little less than a month to kind of do their version of it. Meanwhile, the next day, September eleventh of sixty three, the Beatles record Take One of I Wanna Be Your Man. And then eventually it's finished on October twenty third. The Stones release their version November first, and the Beatles version comes out uh November twenty second. <laughs> Catch this all that. is why this is why I refuse to read the Mark Lewison book. <laughs> Enough with the dates. Give me the tunes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me songs by George, that $500 book that came out in the 80s with a bonus CD of like <laughs> random songs cut from somewhere in England. No, it, the chronology helps because as our listeners know, I'm easily confused and irascible. <laughs> Is that the word of the day? Are you using your word of the day today? Yeah! <laughs> Good screaming, everybody. Uh, trivia, not entirely sure what it means. <laughs> I think it has something to do with the movie Eraserhead. <laughs> I thought it had to do with that band, the Irascals. <laughs> I'm going to get to the young Irascals in a few minutes when we go over one of the, my favorite songs that the Beatles gave away. The songs the Rascals gave away is also a good episode. Yeah! What can I say? I love this version that the Stones do. It's dirtier. It's kookier. It's, uh, yeah, whatever. Dare I say it's sexier, right? I wouldn't say I prefer it. I guess it depends on the day, huh? But it has certain characteristics that I enjoy that are missing from the Beatles' more four-on-the-floor rock version. Why doesn't Charlie Watts sing it then, bitch? <laughs> Not you, Charlie. That's fine. I mean, I, I felt that was geared towards me, but it's okay. <laughs> no, it's good to try. Although Char Charlie says, love my good and plenty. <laughs> Charlie Watts, it really rings a bell. Uh, ding, 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 ding. Charlie says, love my good and plenty. Don't know any other penny that I love so well. You know, man, I used to buy, this is where I got that Banana Splits record. Do you remember that store <laughs> flashback on Clark Street? It would have been. Yes. Yeah, man. I used to buy cassettes and they had, that's where I got the Banana Splits uh, LP and Goofy Grape was a cassette I bought and it had that uh, Good and Plenty jingle on there. I love it. Uh, Goofy Grape is also, Smucker's sells that and they mix the peanut butter and the jelly in it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my favorite, one of my favorite Mr. Show sketches is the mustard A&As where they do that oh. with the mustard. <laughs> Seems I'm always spreading mayo stirred mustard A&As and thyme. Monday's must mayo stirred A&As combines mayo stirred and mustard A&As in one easy to use time saving spread. So is, is I Want to Be Your Man your number five? Are we doing our count countdown? Oh, you know, uh, I didn't, I don't have them ranked. I'm, I'm going kind of chronological here. I would rank this towards the top of my, of my favorites. Yeah, if not the favorite. Well, then I'm going to give you my fucking favorite. How about <laughs> that? If we're going to go this way, I'll give you my number one. Please do. Can you handle this? <laughs> My number one is one that I was not on my top five, certainly when I first heard these songs, and it's not one that gets a lot of play, and it's arguably not the most famous song by this artist, 
But my number one is It's For You, the Paul McCartney tune he wrote for Scylla Black. Interesting. Which has some of my favorite changes. And this number, it's, it's a waltz. We mentioned the Young Rascals. It reminds me a little of How Can I Be Sure. Remember that one? Yeah. How can I be sure In a world that's constantly changing How can I be sure where I stand with you. A little overdramatic, kind of in a major minor key, a little push and pull. The chords and melodic lines, the tune drives. It sounds a bit like a 60s British show tune, like it was cut from Oliver. I love that there's a jazzy piano solo in the middle. Mm-hmm. Great, great drumming. It's it's obviously in 3-4, not 5-4, but it's got kind of a Brubecky feel to it. And it's produced by George Martin. It's not as famous as Love of the Loved. It was not as big of a hit. It was a follow-up. But there's something about this tune's darkness and its lightness that I just absolutely love. It's almost like a step above Babies in Black. Yeah, I said it. Whoa. A step above? Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's more interesting. And I love Babies in Black. Hello, this is John Lennon of the Beatles. We'd like to play you a song now that Paul and I have just written, especially for Scylla Black. Beautiful girl, a beautiful singer. Hope you like it. Here it is. It's called It's For You. I'd say someday I'm bound to give my heart away when I do. It's for you. Look at you and love comes, love shows. I give my heart and no one knows that I do. It's for you. Yeah, it was mostly written by Paul. This came out in 1964. Yeah, I got a real traditional pop vibe off of it, but I really like that jazzy the jazzy breaks and i have you you said oliver i have goldfinger written down yeah yeah it had that quality to me i would get that when i flipped through the yellow pages i'd get a case of goldfinger (laughs) tj are you someone who licks your fingers before you uh turn pages are you a finger before i turn pages i'm a finger dude i i was kfc when i came out of the womb i've been licking fingers all my life mine others worst thing about covid is you can't lick a stranger's finger anymore unless they're begging for it well yeah that was one of three songs written for Scylla black that was a friend of the beatles she signed with brian epstein do you say epstein or epstein i I always epstein is like uh the the, what are they called? Sweat hogs. Yeah, I, 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 oh, really? So I get it. All Jews are sweat hogs. We, we have, many of us have glandular issues. We came from Russia, like a lot of the people who donated to Trump. Um, yeah, I, I, I say Epstein. <laughs> 
I say, I say Epstein. You say it's Epstein. I say it's Oystein. Epstein. Goldberg. Sheepstein. Sheepskin. Let's have sex through a sheet. Yeah. Billy J. Kramer style. Uh, <laughs> like, Tony, let me, have I made this clear? I've got a wife. Give me love and remember what I told you. I'll keep you satisfied. Priscilla Black, uh, birth name, Priscilla White. And uh, so that's funny, right? They did a little thing there. But uh, yeah, she later hosted a verse. Well, that's where Three Dog Night came up with their beautiful song. The ink is black, but Scylla's white. Remember that one? <laughs> Don't know that one. <laughs> Three Dog Night. Those guys are weird. Well, I mean, they, they, they talk about a handicap. Their keyboard player, Jeremiah, was a bullfrog. <laughs> I, mean, how do you... I mean, they were the first truly inclusive band. <laughs> that song you remember when the what soundtrack the, when the big chill soundtrack came out there yeah. were certain oldies that were huge hits again and joy to the world was like a, a weird hit in 87 uh, all over again yeah. remember the hell big chill come on 84 yeah it, yeah same with like songs off stand by me stand by me became a hit again benny king yes was like on the letterman show in 86 uh what's the other one um Dirty Dancing had some oldies back in the charts. Yeah, uh, the o Otis Redding, I think Love Man might have been back in the charts, which is pretty cool. Yeah, man. Yeah. The boomers going through their midlife crisis, get their hits on the radio again. And then in their older age, they decided to destroy the country. <laughs> Thanks, boomers. Yeah, so John and Paul gave her three songs. Love of the Love, which came out in 63. And as I look, I see the love of the love. It's for you. And then later in 68, Step Inside Love. Step Inside Love. And Step Inside Love. Which was the theme song for her TV series called Scylla. Yeah. And that was produced by Chris Thomas, who was the engineer on the White Album. Yeah, and I think Chris Thomas went on. He might have produced Back to the Egg. I know he worked with Paul oh, for a long time. He might cool. have been part of that record. Or I've made up a Wings fact. <laughs> you never know. Well, that's a cool pick. Let's talk about Billy J. Kramer and the Dakotas. Do we have to? <laughs> Do we have to? Do we have to? Do you have to let it linger? I'm counting five, actually technically six songs recorded by Billy J. Kramer and the Dakotas, written by Lennon McCartney. They include I'll Be On My Way. As the light turns to moonlight, I'll be on my way. Which the Beatles did record on the BBC. I Call Your Name. I never weep at night. Oh, I call your name. Was actually recorded by them first. That was the B-side of Bad To Me. Again, but it wasn't written for them, right? I don't know if it was written for them, but they were the first. It was recorded and released before the Beatles did it, so they gave it to them to record. You know that I forgot if we talked about this in the covers episode or not, but Chicago band the Buckinghams do a great cover of "I Call Your Name" that's been lost through the mists of time. Don't you know I can't sleep at night? Just the same. I never weep at night. Is that right? But that's kind of a cool Chicago. And the Buckinghams are produced by, is it Bob Gaudio? Nope, it's not. 
Bob Gaudio played keyboards and sang behind Frankie Valli in the Four Seasons. TJ meant to refer to producer and DePaul University alumnus James Gersio. Also, not to be confused with Elvis's orchestra conductor, Joe Gersio. Anyway, back to TJ and James Gersio. Who kind of got that thick Chicago and blood, sweat, and tears horn sound. Yeah. Worked with those early Buckinghams. Are, for the last 30 years, if you see the Buckinghams, it features zero original Buckinghams. It's like that one guy's cousin, some guy who just got up his shift at Jewel. Yeah. You know, like which is which is all yeah. great, but it's not it's not the original Buckingham. It's a county fair syndrome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, Sweetie, I want to see the Buckinghams, but I think they have CFS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean same thing it's the it's the gallagherization of uh rock and roll where you just get people's brothers to do it and well did you ever hear that story about zz top you know r.i.p dusty hill but they started Here off as a zombies like illegitimate version of the touring zombies after the zombies broke up and then had a hit with um time of the season there was some american entrepreneur who was like oh let's just get some guys to pretend to be the zombies and tour off this single and that was zz top so they were the zombies (laughs) (laughs) well no one told me about the way she lied well no one told me about how many people cried Getting back to Billy J. Kramer and the Dakota, they also did I'll Keep You Satisfied. Give me love and remember what I told you. I'll keep you satisfied. From a window. So, meet me tonight, just where the light shines from a window. And then they also did record I'm In Love. Yes, I'm telling all my friends, I'm in love. Now, out of those six songs, do you have a favorite on your list? Here's what's so tricky is two of the songs you mentioned, as we talked about on this show a couple times, are among my favorite Beatles, never fleshed out compositions from the early years. I'll Be On My Way and Bad To Me are ones I've loved since I discovered those on bootlegs, thanks to the ultra rare tracks and not for sale CDs from the mid 80s, late 80s. So, buddy, I don't love billy j kramer and the dakota's energy as a band and i don't love his voice huh. i feel like the songs they cover of john and paul's never cook they just kind of lay there interesting interesting because i saw them perform on that tammy show did you ever see that 1964 yeah. uh, teen american music whatever international whatever it was <laughs> And uh, that's where the famous, you know, the Stones had to follow uh, James Brown and all that. It's a great show. I highly recommend it. Terry Garr is one of the dancers in the background. And uh, it's hosted by Jan and Dean. Anyway, uh, Billy J. Kramer and the Dakotas get a set in there. And their drummer is really fun and cooking. And that's uh, the Dakotas, who were actually a Manchester group. They were signed to Parlophone. And George Martin basically produced all their work. They have a cool song called The Cruel Sea, which the Ventures later covered. And one of my favorite Ventures tunes as well. (laughs) 
<laughs> my notes for every song say not a fan of Billy J. Kramer or the Dakotas. Um, the one that I really like, if I have to choose one, it would be From a Window. Oh, I would be glad just to have a love like that. Oh, I would be true and I'd live my life for you. So meet me tonight. Just where the light shines from a window And as I take your hand Say that you'll be mine tonight Which sounds a little like Please Please Me's weak cousin There's an interesting chord change A little bit like Please Please Me yes. Say that yes. you'll be mine tonight Before they end it It's kind of that same feel Where they're playing with chord progressions Yeah, it like goes up a half a step Or something like that I really like yeah, that Yeah, it's like one yeah. of those It's it's one of those type of, uh, of, of endings Yeah, is there a Beatles version Of From a Window that you've ever heard? I scoured my collection Couldn't find it Have you ever heard a demo Of the Beatles doing From a Window? No, no. Um, but I do know that John and Paul were at the session for that song, and that's Paul harmonizing at the end there on the final word. Be mine so Paul gets the last word. <laughs> Next, Rick Rubin breaks down the Billy J. Kramer and the Dakotas episode with bare feet. Great, part nine. <laughs> They did a bunch of them. Uh, my favorite is actually their version of I'm in Love. Yes, I'm feeling I'm top of the world. I'm in love with a wonderful girl. I'm in love with a good people. If this is love, give me my mama more. Every night I can't sleep thinking of you. which was given ultimately to the foremost, another friend of the Beatles. Yes, I'm telling all my friends, I'm in love. Well, I've always loved this song. As you know, I'm in love. I have covered it. We've already addressed that in previous episodes. But uh, yeah, that piano demo that Lennon does, I, I love on its own as this groovy, whatever, guided by voices demo. I love hearing it with the full band. So actually, I love the foremost version. Me too. I do love that version too. Yeah. They were from the Dingle. And uh, they also incorporated a lot of elements of comedy in their act. So I, I like their version of the song. But what's cool, like if you get to hear the Billy J. Kramer version, Lennon is there coaching him through it. And you actually hear him and George Martin chiming in during the recording of that. So that is something that's really special if you can seek that out. 
I've never heard that. And I know George Martin produced the foremost version as well. This is a great reading of that song. I'd never heard that Lennon piano demo until the uh, the bootleg sessions, Miss 63, came Me out. Me too. Me too. What, I didn't even know that song. Yeah, I, I'd never heard it at all. And how weird to hear an early piano demo. And it was like one of the ending tracks, I think, just after Bad to Me. Yeah. Just kind of shoved out for copyright purposes in 2013 because the whole 50-year rule in England where people, the songs slip into public domain. That's why they released that, or that's why um, EMI did. But what I love about this, I love the use of soft and, and loud. Like they kind of, the foremost version kind of goes real pianissimo, and then it kind of picks back up in these unexpected places. The other thing that's cool is, unlike the John Piano demo, the foremost version ends on a minor key, and it's really gripping to hear it. Yeah. Because you've got this kind of poppy song, and it ends in this kind of, on this dark minor that feels like a very beatly choice to give you a surprise chord at the end. Yes, I'm telling you, my friend, I'm in love. Yeah, this, the foremost version of I'm in Love is on my honorary mention list. Nice, nice. Yeah, the other song they gave the foremost was Hello, Little Girl, which is one of the first Lennon-McCartney songs written back in 57. When I see you every day, I say, mm, hello, little girl. It's in the Deco auditions. Yes, yes, huh? it is, yes. And it was inspired by the 1939 song called Scatterbrain. <laughs> That classic that the uh, the Tin Man later sang in Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I could set the fucking flowers and go there for hours and maybe I'd complain. <laughs> if you play my version of this, the dark side of the moon, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, you know what drives me crazy is the 50s singing at the top of this. The person warbling in the 50s voice at the beginning of the song drives me cuckoo Hello, little girl. they also gave a song to a guy named tommy quickly tip of my tongue backed by the remo four it did not chart words just stay on the tip of my tongue when the skies are not so blue there's nothing left for me to do just think of something new to say to you What do you think of some of these lesser ones, like tip of my tongue? Any thoughts? Yeah, this is one that is probably one of the worst songs they ever composed. I think, is this primarily, Paul? This song's not good. This yeah. is a tosser. And there's very few Beatle tossers. This one's a tosser. Zero fabs. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Uh, curiously, Tommy quickly was offered no reply after this one but he chose not to do it and then yeah yeah this this poor guy he suffered kind of a mental breakdown he had a string of just these flops and he he ended up kind of checking himself in to the uh the woolton hospital in liverpool another tosser let's call these tossers that's fun 
<laughs> one and one is two. This might be perhaps like the worst Lennon McCartney song. That's what's nice about these. Like you can say like, oh, Revolution 9 or whatever you want. But it might be this one and one is two rejected by Billy J. Kramer. And it was also rejected by the foremost that ended up getting done by uh, the Strangers with Mike Shannon, which is a group from either Birmingham UK or South Africa. No one seems to know. <laughs> the age-old rock question, where the hell are the strangers from? <laughs> what I want is to, what am I to do, now that I'm in love with you? I hope that every day I'm gonna hear you say, you really make my wish come true. Can you feel when I'm holding you near? All the things I do. Regardless, it's selling on eBay for 150 bucks, or you can go on Discogs and uh, get it for about 28 bucks. Um, no, thank you. you. <laughs> don't need it. I, you, you don't like the demo of this? I love Paul's little demo on guitar. I, th I think it's wonderful. One and one is two. What am I to do? Now that I'm in love with you. I'm hoping every day I'm going to hear you say, you really make my wish come true. Yeah, it's cool and it's cute. I actually much prefer the demo he gave to Peter and Gordon for that number one, A World Without Love. That's probably the next one I was going to get into. Of all the songs they gave away, I think that was, if not the biggest hit. I know it was number one, but the, a world, yeah. world Without Love is one you would hear played on oldie stations in the 80s. And we were listening to Magic 104 and oldies 104.3. I, I didn't know it was written by John and Paul. I just thought it was a great oldie. And Yeah, me too. Th this is on my list. This is one I will not tire of. It's sung really well, and I love that John and Paul always laughed at the phrase, please lock me away, is one that made them laugh even when they wrote it. They were like, we yeah. could never sing this. It's such, a, <laughs> such a terrible and dark line that you weren't hearing in a lot of early 60s tunes. This is a beautiful song. So I wait, and in a while, I will see my true love smile. She may come, I know not when. When she does, I'll know, so baby, until then, lock me away, and don't allow the day here inside, where I hide with my loneliness. I don't care what they say, I won't stay in a world without love. I don't care what they say, I won't stay in a world without love. Yeah, I think one of the jokes they would do is like, please lock me away. And John would say, yes, okay, end of song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it also borrows the organ sound from Mr. Moonlight in the bridge. Oh, I love it's it. got that, I have that going down. on. Mr. Moonlight. 
love that organ solo. Yeah, this is a great song. And that's why it was number one in the U.S. and the U.K. It was a million seller. And it was their first single? I don't know. I have that written down. And that's Vic Flick on the guitar. He's the guy that did the James Bond theme. Yes. Famous James Bond lick. There's another couple interesting things about this. I think Peter Asher owns the demo of this song. It's not been on any Beatles record or compilation, but Peter Asher owns the demo to this that exists yeah. somewhere. And where are you with Todd Rundgren? Well, we're not on speaking terms right now. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that because you were the original Utopia drummer and <laughs> Utopia has a great album that my friend and maybe our friend, Julie Nichols, a longtime music director yeah, in Chicago, Julie, yeah. when we were kind of bonding and talked Beatles, she's a huge Rundgren head. I don't know if that's a thing, but yeah, uh, Julie turned me on to this album called Deface the Music that Utopia made in, I think, 1980. I'm, I, I'm, I don't care if I get buzzed. I don't need to be a Rundgren expert. Um <laughs> But it's two sides of songs in like Beatle pastiches. It's almost like a Ruddles album, Tony. We'll have to get to this at some point because it starts early and then it ends with with kind of later pastiche stuff. At any rate, Utopia's song, Where Does the World Go to Hide? Like their early Beatles ballad sounds directly influenced by World Without Love. That's cool. Both in arrangement and in the way it's played. So that's one that's definitely worth checking out. only thing Rundgren does differently is he ends on a major seven whereas the song doesn't but yeah I love this tune and this is one of the few and we should say this for as many hits as they wrote for themselves and as many songs they wrote for other people the Beatles were not hit makers for other artists they did not give artists number one song after number one song no no some of these didn't work out yeah clearly and other songs they wrote for Peter and Gordon include nobody I know Nobody I know could love me more than you. I don't want to see you again. I don't want to see you again. And then Woman, which I believe is Gordon's favorite Peter and Gordon song. And it's my number two, Tony. Is that right? I like this one. Woman, do you love me? Woman, if you need You ask me how I'm doing What shall I say? Things are okay Well, I know that they're not And I still may have lost Woman, do you love me? Woman, if you need me Then believe me I need you to be my woman Oh my God, what do you like about this one? Well, I like the, it, it's a ballad with those like psycho strings in there. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's that Baroque thing. It's that left bank thing that I can sometimes enjoy. Uh, it's very uh, luxurious music. Now, when you say left bank, do you mean walk away Renee or do you mean London town's cafe on the left bank? <laughs> 
Go, 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 go. Uh-oh. Paul's high with a synthesizer on a boat in London. Somebody. I love this song. I love the strings to open it. I knew you'd like this song, Tony, because the opening, the vocal delivery and arrangement sounds like a mid-late 60s Neil Diamond song to me. Yeah, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> Speaking my language. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, so this is a favorite of mine. Let, let's get into this for a second because every Beatle had a song with the word woman in it. All four solo Beatles. Obviously, John Lennon had two. Woman, I can hardly express my mixed emotions at my thoughtlessness. One we're not going to say the full title of here. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Right. Um, George. George had one that opened 33 and a third. I'm pretty damn. Yeah, because it's kind of that, that Willie Weeks, boom, 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 that bass line. It's woman, don't you cry for me. I got a Nice. Right, because love comes to everyone as George Harrison. I'm getting my George Harrison facts right here. And of course, Ringo wrote your favorite, arguably the worst song, the worst song on the self-titled Ringo album, a great album, Devil Woman. Devil Woman, go like a stranger to me. Where, where he invokes sexy Sadie. He has the line, the only way I'll get you is to get you in bed. We're on the album. And guess who co-wrote Devil Woman with Ringo? Future bad boy producer Vinny Poncia. It all comes hand in Ringo's tiny hand. <laughs> what are some Paul Woman songs? Well, this one. Woman, do you love me? Although he called himself Bernard Webb for this. You're right. Yeah, he called yeah. himself Bernard Webb. Which is, for those who don't know the story, he wanted to see if he could write a hit uh, without the name McCartney attached. But then I, I read, and I just learned this doing homework, I read that Peter and Gordon were on some show two weeks later and were like, this one's by Paul McCartney. <laughs> they, they <were laughs> right. Like, yeah. Please buy our records. <laughs> right. Please, please buy this. Uh, am I, and I, I don't like to put words in your mouth, but I do it seven, eight, nine times tens an episode. Um your favorite woman song is the Gary Puckett and the Union Gap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my speed. Get You know what? It's going to come around again. Singing songs to uh, underage girls is going to come back again. <laughs> and- <laughs> While vaguely threatening them, have you got cheating on your mind? As long as you belt it, it's okay. <laughs> what could be creepier than like, all right, check out this classic from 66. Young girl, get out of my mind. My therapist is on vacation. Like, Gary Bucket, what do you think? Um, but I, I, one more little trivia about this. I believe this song in the States was released on EMI and in England on Columbia. So I call this, and the music business calls this one, Tony, a reverse coming up. <laughs> that doesn't in college that meant something else. <laughs> hey there, it's Casey here, the producer for the untitled Billy J. Kramer podcast, at least this week. We had so much good music to cover, we failed to fit this into a single episode, so we're gonna have to wrap it up in a second part coming soon. 
also coming up. See what I did there? Uh, the guys are hard at work tearing through George Harrison's All Things Must Pass 50th anniversary box set, which we'll also have ready to drop into your feed soon. In the meantime, if you like what we do, if you like the show, we would love it if you could help spread the word. Please subscribe, consider leaving a rating and a review wherever you get your podcasts. That's the single best way you can help us find other Fab Four fans like all of us. And maybe tell a friend if that's a thing you do, if you share podcast recommendations. That's all I've got. Thank you again for listening. Thanks for checking us out. Stay tuned to your podcast feed for All Things Must Pass and for the conclusion of the songs the Rascals gave away. Untitled Beatles podcast. Like and subscribe. 